Well, hello everybody. My name is Theory Starcraft, now Theory Stormgate, and um, we're filming. I don't know what episode of the Supply Cap this is. We didn't release a couple of them, um, but yeah, we're like five, number five or six. And today is a special occasion because the EGC ten thousand dollar tournament just happened, and Aftermath's newest pickup, Parting, won the entire thing. So um, we're going to talk a lot about that. Um, some things about the meta, the tournament, parting, etc. And joining me today, we're luckily to be joined by Apoptosis. Hello, everybody. Happy to be here. Yeah, also uh, joined just before parting did. So really paved the way, I think, for him to join Aftermath, you know. Uh, exactly, that's, yeah. That's the credit I'm taking. That was one of the selling points. We're like, parting, <laughs> like, will you join our team? We just picked up Apoptosis. What do you think? And he's like, oh, yeah, definitely. Um, if A pops in, I'm in. All right. And then um, we're also really lucky to have Caster from the EGC tournament, Beomolf, with us today. I do, in fact, talk about the video games that we call Stormgate. So I, I guess, yes. Although I'm not a spellcaster. That'd be kind of cool, though, right? You know, can't. Um... Actually, not a lot of spells in Stormgate at the moment. I was trying to reference them. I, mean, I can't turn into a ball of fire and explode. There we go. That is. Uh... That is the thing that we have to worry about. That was yeah. a really popular uh, theme of the tournament was exploding your own workers. <laughs> I did see cool. that a couple times. <laughs> Just a few times. Um, so, yeah. So, um, the EGC tournament was ran by EGC TV. It was the first Stormgate major with a $10,000 prize pool. Um, so, this occurred over the past two weeks. Players qualified via being the top four on the ladder. Um, the top eight in an open qualifier, and then the top four from a Katowice special qualifier. Um, so parting came from the latter qualifier and was able to take it all the way to the end, um, which is extremely impressive. We saw a good balance of Infernals and Vanguard in this tournament, which um, was kind of nice to see the round of eight being 50-50 split, but ultimately Infernals pulled away in the end. Um, and yeah, let's jump into some of our thoughts on, I guess, the games, the way the tournament was run, etc. So um, first I want to ask Apoptosis, um, from a viewer perspective, because Apoptosis, um, I think you were watching all the games with us, um, keeping along with Parting's run. What was your perspective of the tournament from like a viewer's perspective? How, how was it as a fan of Stormgate competition, the first major? Yeah, so... First of all, a huge, huge, huge shout out to EGC for putting this on. Uh, what a absolutely incredible tournament for them to do um, and, and pulling out of their own pockets to do it. So big respect, mad respect to them. The uh, tournament overall uh, was was incredible. It was super fun to watch as just a fan of RTS in general and just getting into Stormgate. And we're at a really like super fun time to be watching stormgate right now where nobody has any idea what the meta is nobody has really any clue what the best strategies are so you're just seeing the most random uh different strategies from game to game you do see some strategies kind of persisting all the way through and those are kind of defining um the way that some of these maps are being played we saw a lot of siege camp uh rushes and that map ending in basically like four minutes flat um, but one of the coolest things for me to watch was just seeing how players would adapt to who they were playing against. 
uh, during their matchups. Just, you know, we saw that, and I'm sure we'll touch on this a lot, but imparting versus Vortex at the very end, changing the, the way that they've been playing those maps previously uh, to try to complement and play against their, their opponent. And I think it was just super cool, super fun all the way around, and I just had a, an awesome time watching. Awesome. And um, Beomorph, you, you saw things from the production side of things because you were, you were casting the qualifiers, casting the main event. What was that like? And t just tell me every, all your thoughts. You know, I think, honestly, EGCTV, they're clearly from a different setup. Uh, Age of Empires has a, you know, what, what one Age of Empires game takes 45 minutes to play or something yeah. competitively. Like, it is a much different process. You have, I don't even know how many civs play with they all play pretty similarly they got different things but you know they play pretty similarly so they come into this blizzard style rts space where we have you know however long however much experience of, of putting things together and they say yeah we're, we're gonna go put on a stormgate event which is awesome ten thousand dollars is fantastic and it was kind of interesting to see how they approached it a little bit differently you um for example on the qualifiers and they were super receptive to feedback which is awesome um but for the qualifiers it was uh, Civ pick was given a what they called Civ pick or you know faction pick was given priority. That was the higher seed priority, and then it was lower seed got server pick. Now those of you that are coming from Blizzard style RTS games are going to say no no no, I'm going to play Infernals, I'm going to play Vanguard. That's what I'm playing. I'm going to play Zerg Terran Protoss, whatever it is, and it is very specific players that might play something else. But that's what I am. This is a kind of a, a useless uh, benefit to me. I'd much rather have server pick. Uh, and it, like then that's just you know one of the things that exists and that that's one of the things that makes a lot of sense in age of empires that makes not a lot of sense when there are only two factions you know and they play uh, mechanically so differently the builds are so very different especially with how many levers you, you can pull for vanguard so they changed that around they fixed things up they were extremely re uh, reactive to feedback we did not have i want to say for the qualifiers one of the days the the first map was supposed to be titan's causeway or uh, best of ones were supposed to be on titan's causeway which is not a good idea <laughs> at all so it was good you know like there were issues day one they had some audio issues and things but certainly they got it fixed and you know by certainly by the second weekend it was a joy to a pleasure to work with them um shout out to them for being you know extremely flexible as well uh i was supposed to do the second half of saturday uh, the second half of yesterday the round of eight with zombie grub and her internet died about 20 minutes before the tournament started and it's like okay we're gonna find someone and they slotted nate in and nate and i had a pretty awesome round of eight i, th I think so they're they're flexible they're reactive to feedback they're putting up you know ten thousand dollars plus talent fees and art and uh everything else to put on this event so you know was it perfect no is an event ever perfect no and they've done they done they have done such a good job of adapting to what was necessary and being responsive to the community that I really cannot wait to see them because they said at the end they're going to put on more, fingers crossed. Oh, cool. And I, I cannot wait to see what they're going to be able to do because this was a pretty solid first approach. Yeah, that's it's super cool hearing from your perspective from behind the scenes. Um, and as a player, I kind of saw a lot of those things you mentioned with regards to the rulings, the seedings. I didn't really know the reason behind that, but now that you mentioned that it makes more sense for Age of Empires, it totally makes sense. Um, and shout out to EGC for being so flexible with these rulings because um, I actually had a group chat, me and Parting, with the admins because Parting had a lot of um, feedback and questions and 
his English is fine, but he's shy, I think. So he wanted me to help a lot with that. So I was working with him like, hey, is this bug banned? Like, can the wording be more clear? Or Titan's Causeway map one? Like, this this is a kind of bad map. Um, and, uh, and fun story about that, Titan's Causeway. So we had a four-map pool on, on weekend one. And I don't know when it was banned because it actually wasn't put in the kind of the change log. But uh, by some point on weekend two, certainly by Saturday, Titan's Causeway had also been removed. So it was a three-map pool, not a four-map pool, which is... The greatest scam theory that I think <laughs> the players ever pulled to keep Jagged Maw in yeah. there and to take ja Titans out. <laughs> I was about like, to say that. Titan's not a great map, but Jagged is much, much more imbalanced. Like, I don't know if that was parting doing that theory, but that is the greatest scam that has ever been pulled. Yeah. Um, Titans is not a great map, but when I played in the, the Alpha Navigator Cups, I never picked Jagged ever, and I actually picked Titans a lot of times. I think it's a better map than Jagged. Jagged's a shit show, to be honest. Um, some of the no, that just clearly you heard the parting interview. Just clearly, uh, intelligent players. Only like intelligent Jagged. players. He's, oh, he's like... trolling. Yeah, you should see what he said in our group chat. <laughs> oh my god, I, I'm I'm pulling up receipts. Parting was like this map so fucking bad. Like, <laughs> it oh is god. crazy. <laughs> and I thought it was funny that he kept picking it after <laughs> losing games and. Um, the Vortex series, he kept picking Jagged Maw, um, which I thought was hilarious. And he didn't pull out his secret strap for that map, which he might have been saving it for the last game. I saw him do it on stream afterwards, um, which is hilarious. Yeah. But he he had a strap planned where he was going to shrine in his base <laughs> to gather gas really fast and do like a three-minute Overlord drop and then tower at the ramp. So he's two shrines his main, super fast Overlord drop absolutely wrecks wag the wagon build um is 450 <laughs> theory or four is like 450 there are luminite because that's what effectively getting a shrine costs you know it's 350 for the shrine another 50 for the for the end and that like to replace it and you know you add on top mm -hmm. to get to get just a little bit more ethereum faster it's like is that actually worth it well it, i so it watching pays, his stream too yeah you you can actually and this might it's probably as i'm gonna imagine gonna get fixed because you can also mine luminite over twelve, and it doesn't. So current, oh, really? yeah, you can. So you can get both benefits. Your Ethereum is literally as close as possible because you put your shrine down before any of the Ethereum expands out. So you have it as close as possible, and it just expands around it. But then also you can you can send imps to mine luminite, and it doesn't. You know, because currently right now, if you're over twelve, you get zero percent efficiency, right? Yeah, that it, it lets you combat that, I guess, um, which seems like kind of a bug to me. But it's uh, it's it's we'll see. We'll see if they, we'll see what they do with that. But he never he didn't do it. So, but yeah, yeah immediately on stream, he busted that out. <laughs> immediately. <laughs> he's, he's like, look, he's guys, like, this, like, is so OP. this is so crazy to do this. Yeah. <laughs> and one of the things it does give, though, is you have two close tracks usually when you expand. Now you have four close. Yeah. Tracks. Um, so the other side of the gold mine, you have, you have two tracks, you're touching the gas. The gas is expanding around that base. Your gas income is insane. Like absolutely insane. They're no longer walking back and forth. They're just grabbing the gas, spinning around and plugging it into the, the shrine. So it's, um, kind of insane. Um, and also within a few seconds later, he opened up Vanguard, overcharged, CC firsted, used those four workers to kill camp and then went together. 
and he said Vanguard players are so stupid. <laughs> I, I'm like I've been okay. I haven't look. I have not been saying that Vanguard players are stupid. Just to be clear. But I have been saying that I think that there is more there are more leverage to be pulled oh, on, yeah. on how a Vanguard opens and what you can do. And one of the reasons why Vanguard has, you know, the first couple weeks of the test have been lower in win rate in the early game is because they haven't figured things out yet. I'm not sure. saying I'm smart enough to figure look, there's a reason I play Infernals. It's because I'm not smart enough to figure Vanguard out. Same. But some brilliant man or woman or child or um AI, I don't know, is gonna figure out just like a really smart way to do things. And Vanguard's going to have a 75% win rate, and we're just going to be like, what just happened? Yeah, I think there's a lot of unexplored potential. Um, the race, is, for me, is harder to play than Infernals, for sure. And oh, yeah. 100%. I think Infernals has had more time to like refine meta and build orders because there were two patches where I feel Vanguard was kind of unplayable in the matchup, so they didn't really have an opportunity to improve the race because they were just dying to beans <laughs> well and you know i think in in a development standpoint too obviously frost giant behind the scenes has been non-stop testing this game and i think all of us have been a part of the alpha and closed beta process as well but seeing it out in the open and seeing what you know pro players are doing against each other when money's on the line like of course testing the game is important for its own sake but when you're putting $10,000 on the line, people are going to try to break every single thing they can about the game in order to win. And so, I, you know, big events like this are really, really helpful for development as well, I think. And they can see in a competitive sense what is good about these maps, what was not good about these maps, what, what creep camps are, are performing way too well. We saw a patch right after the... Um, the qualifying bracket for EGC where they they changed the speed camps. They, they made them start with less goats because they saw that Infernals were way too strong having five fiends basically immediately. That was that was controlling the beginning of, uh, I think it was like Broken Crown, Infernal versus Infernals. There you did this crazy, or, or helped popularize this build where, you know, you're, you're starting double conclave and building it as close to those camps as possible just to try to get map control. Um, but really just, yeah, helping to find the meta and seeing what's possible. Uh, I, I think it's really, really cool to see when you have these kind of tournaments going on. And yeah, I think, I think a lot of discoveries were made for sure. Yeah. You know, Apop, I, I think you're right. It is a little weird that there are five Cyril's or 10 Cyril's really. 10 Cyril's. Uh, on Broken did. Crown. Like, yeah, they got a nerve. They got down, a right? nerve. You know, 10 goats, a little too much. Six goats on the map. Put six. Six Cyril's is Cereals. okay. Six Cyril's is okay. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> That's a good one. Took me a second to catch on. Um, well, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, with Parting's win, would he be considered the Storm Goat? The Storm Goat of Stormgate? I, yeah. I, I mean, I mean could, he, Storm Goat? could he not be the Storm Goat? Who, who could possibly be the Storm Goat if not Parting right now? I mean, Goat is greatest of all time. Okay. And... Yeah. I mean, technically. technically, we've had two weeks <laughs> of the current build. Uh, and one might argue that, you know, maybe Kiwian has a better claim to that because he won some of the internal tournaments mm. uh, going back That's a little true. bit. But it's also, I mean, APOP, I I am one to make to have discussions about this. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. You know, I've spent many words on this topic, but we are, we're, we're barely in the beta. It's true. Goat discussions are so fruitless. We need we need a world champ to rally behind. We already need this story to to evolve so that yeah, I have to keep reminding myself that as well, Van Wolf, of like 
all the feedback people are giving, which is super cool to see people being so invested into this. But it's like, guys, we are in we're this is technically closed beta still. And there's a ten thousand dollar tournament that's going on for this. The, the game is in a state where um, people are feeling comfortable to put on these events. That's really good. I've seen a lot of posts online about like, hey, you know, this was StarCraft when it was in their closed beta and, and take a look at how, how different it was compared to its actual release. Stormgate is in a really good spot, in my opinion, and I, I'm only excited to see it how it progresses until it actually releases fully. Yeah, but Apop, have you considered that I really don't like the model of the catapult <laughs> on, on Jagged Maw? And I think this is a really significant <laughs> problem. I... I I cannot get behind the art design of this catapult. It just it it lacks any sort of uh, character. I okay. pray. Yes, I'm hyperbolizing, but yeah, I I know. pray that they just leave it. Just leave it as that for for like day one. They're not going to, of course, but just all of these people that that are complaining about the art, which I understand having preference as far as art style goes and things like that. But it's like guys, all of these models that you're seeing, like not all of them, but. Some of them are still placeholders. The Shadow Flyers just being a static like bird that's uh, flying through the air. Uh you know, that's gonna be changed, guys. You know, it's 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 still we still have a ways to go yet before the game's fully finished. Definitely. And I agree with all of those points. Um coming from the actual gameplay, like disregarding the models, it's impressive how good this game already is. Like if you put StarCraft level graphics and models over Stormgate. The game would already be amazing. Um, the engine feels incredible. It's the best game engine I've ever played on. I don't know how I'm able to play to Europe with seemingly no latency. To me, it makes zero sense how they got that working. The rollback algorithms they have is truly... Um, it's a huge RTS innovation. So um, as they iron out, I guess, the visuals and everything, I feel like we're going to have one of the greatest RTSs ever made. I really believe that. I mean, I, I legit, whoever I'm playing, unless it's really bad, yeah. I legit don't really notice ping. And part of it is, I think probably the units move a little slower. So, you know, you feel if you micro zergling back, you feel if you're <laughs> yeah. 10 milliseconds yeah, off. Yeah, true. Uh, if I, although, granted, uh, you talk about, um, oh, what's the upgrade called? Uh, so you, you system shock an exo that has its, uh, that has its <laughs> quick drop rocked. It's like, yeah, those look like they're teleporting. Yeah. It, it is the fastest single unit that I think I have seen in any rts ever it's insane we saw that a few times actually where where people were were doom dropping and they would they would uh i can't remember the upgrade ability but the thing that makes the exos go super speed and just in like half a second they're already underneath the the, the drop and it's it's immediately dead it's like holy shit people are not ready for how how fast those bottles can move yeah they're they're wild i feel like they're what the zealot should have been for protons yeah um, <laughs> yeah, for sure. Really good unit. Um, yeah, I did see. I saw a lot of people in chat talking about how it's like you know, Zell or Lancers are what Zealot should have been. So it's theory. Unless it was, unless you're kind of botnet <laughs> botnetting here to to try to influence opinion. Which look, I know you work in software. I wouldn't put it past you. But unless you're doing that, you know, you're not the only one. Cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. The whole point of this podcast is to influence Protoss balance because. Um, yeah, they're kind of bad, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think uh, the Lancer is probably the best Vanguard unit. When I was watching Kiwi play today versus Parting, he almost exclusively made Lancers across six games. Five, five, six games? Yeah, Lancers in six games, I think. It was mm -hmm. 
a very powerful looking unit. Of course, it was um, kind of targeted targeted at Parting's build, kind of counter meta, but um, as a core unit, the Lancer seems kind of insane. Um, and I think it's a really cool. At first, it wasn't really um, growing on to me, but now it's really growing on to me. Um, the things that unit can do, how it fits with the Vanguard, how it front lines, everything. It's a crazy unit. Yeah. This I feel this this is really validating to me because I've been talking I've been running into some players that are doing that double racks into uh into kinetic redirection opener, right? Uh, on the ladder. And I'm like, guys, no, like everyone's talking about dog openers. Thanks. This was even before the patch. And I'm like, no, no, no. These two lancer op these like these double racks lancer openers are actually really strong. They're they're a pain to deal with you, they're just infinitely microbial, whatever. And it was like, no, 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 it's dogs, right? It's whatever. Obviously, Lancers are underpowered. And maybe these builds I'm running into weren't quite as optimized as whatever Kiwian was doing. But to see Kiwian be the one, to see Kiwian be like the one Vanguard player that takes a map off parting and he does this, I'm like, I'm vindicated. You know, I'm not dumb. It's great. And you know that's yeah. saying something when Infernals has a unit that literally makes another free unit when it kills something. <laughs> and people are, I remember, I remember when that was like, that information was released and they're like they made they made brood lords like a, a tier one unit like what what are we actually fucking doing at this point <laughs> and then people are like but the lancer dude they're the dogs they're so crazy it's like they literally make a free unit every single time something dies <laughs> your balance is saying something when when that's not the unit people are complaining about yeah that's a i good mean point. let's be real here gods are pretty bad they they do a roll but, Their damage is pretty okay, rough. So Gaunt's, Gaunt's do six damage. Yeah. Right. Against the Lancer, they do three damage. Yeah. Before ignoring any sort of armor. I don't, actually, I don't think that Lancer has armor, but they they do three damage. That is a, a Lancer is like what two hundred fifty HP. <laughs> like yeah, you're, you're not killing that any fast any any speed whatsoever. Uh, it is a problem. For sure. Yeah. I. <laughs> yeah. When. <laughs> When I was watching a lot of the games where Vanguard won in this tournament, one of the reasons is because Vanguards were just making Lancers and absolutely shredding Gaunts. Like, it was disgusting how fast they kill Gaunts and how they take no damage. Until Parting started doing a build, which, shout out to Parting and Albino for um, optimizing this to perfection. Parting would make a bunch of Gaunts, pure Gaunt, even going up against Lancers, for the entire start of the game, first six minutes, get the imp upgrade and then pull all the workers from one of his bases and go attack. And then the imps would kill the lancers and the gaunts would kill everything else. Um, now, is that optimizing part because it takes 12 burning imps to blow up a command post and you have like that second option or just I'm going to pull everything? Is there any reason why it's 12? That's a good question. Um, we didn't really think that hard. I'm pretty sure we're just grabbing every worker that's at our most recent base because it's close to walk and they're all going to be clumped together. I think there's no other reason besides, oh, we have 12 workers on that base fully saturated and we're just going to pull them all. <laughs> Today I played a game versus Kiwi and right after the tournament where I pulled 12, they got killed. I pulled like eight more, so I needed more. So there's probably a magic number that is going to shift over time depending on the meta. <laughs> but um, Depending on how badly it gets nerfed after this. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, we'll see. Well, it already got nerfed a little bit once, but only to do building damage. It's still just as fine versus units. So yeah, which is which is kind of funny because I, I I had an interview with Monk like a week and a half ago, and I'm talking about like look, look guys, I know, I know there are some strats that are getting prepped here. Yeah, 
and they all got nerfed out. So I like, <laughs> some people in chat, they're like, is this Beowulf's secret sound? I'm like, no, they got nerfed out of the game. I'm sorry. That's funny. It's not, it's not my fault. <laughs> they were cooking and then they got burnt. That's funny. I remember you were in a Discord call with me, Monk, Mixu, and Party, mm -hmm. I think, where we were talking about how many imps it takes to kill each thing. Because um, me and Parting were just nine sending nine imps and killing everyone's command centers. Um, it was kind of insanely overpowered. I remember Parting sent me a friend request. I went and checked. It was like February 1st. He's like, hey, man, what's up? Vanguard is fucking bullshit. How do you beat Vanguards? <laughs> and I was like, yo, just send nine imps at their command Same center. Dude. And then I see him log into Vinny Vinny Vici and he wins like 50 games in a row versus Vanguards. He's like, oh, yes, very good. <laughs> <laughs> so okay in fairness he, even if he had some losses he venny has 14 total losses the, the venny account has 14 total losses across 400 games that's insane so that's nuts that's even crazy. if he was losing some that's like i what happened here theory is he lost like one game to one venny to, to <laughs> like one, one time <laughs> he's like look yeah. i lost a game this is bullshit <laughs> yeah. I'm, no it's exactly what happened i yeah. know exactly how many times i know exactly when he loses to a vanguard because i'll get a dm if he loses like like fucking vanguard so op <laughs> if i played vanguard i would be three thousand mmrs what he always says and um then like we'll talk it out we'll look over the replay and then he goes and doesn't lose to vanguard for like another another week <laughs> so i wanted to ask you guys a question um and I'll, I'll answer my own question here as well. But what was your favorite build in this tournament so far? And to give you some time, I, I loved the the parting imp build. Is, is just, That was so fun to watch. And just seeing it for the first time, like, oh, my God, I know what he's going to do. And I this is this is going to be incredible. And it, and it was. Uh, but a big shout out, I think it was to a laser who, and, and, and other people may have done this as well, but just the mass shroud stone like attrition of you know make a shroud stone wait for those to finish okay i'm gonna move you know 10 feet up make another line of shroud stones and just mass hellborns make some magmadons and just slowly take over the entire map until oh, i just happen to be at your base now and i guess we'll fight and just never taking a fight out of range of one of those shroud stones and just always having that available because like you said the lancer is just such an effective unit for for Vanguard right now, and this was specifically for Infernal versus Vanguard, uh, having having such a tanky unit in the front and not being able to really use Gaunts almost at all to to deal any damage to that, the the Lancer Exo Medic build just seems so strong to try to actually push against the the composition for Infernals. It feels like. I don't know if it's quite there. It feels pretty tough. It feels a little difficult to pilot. I know that there's a lot of people who play like Weaver Hellborn is is a possible um, way you can do it. But but seeing uh, again just like mass Shroudstone, use Magmadons to stun everything, and then just have your Hellborns from the back line, which they kind of recently received a bit of a buff. Uh, that was super fun. I really liked that. And I thought that was such a cool like split map situation that I really enjoyed. But. What about you guys? Did you see any specific builds that you're like, oh my god, I never thought about doing this. This is so cool. Or just ones that you really appreciated. Yeah, that laser stuff was good. It made me really realize yeah. how good the Hellborn buff was. He made Hellborns look absolutely crazy. Busted. Yeah, He stole some of those games. I mean, if you look <laughs> at the numbers, man, it's like, geez, these things are actually, they're trucking out damage. I mean, yeah, they're pretty costly. They're pretty expensive and now eight supply, but like 
the number the, the damage that they're dishing out is not insignificant at all i mean true but they're also kind of expensive when you talk about a laser stealing games he stole that game five like lucifron should have been in the round of four sure. but lucifron's not paying attention he runs his entire army back up against a wall and runs into three imps and his army blows up and it's like Okay, there's an argument to be made about time to kill and whether that should be a thing. I personally think that even if you have a time to kill, a high time to kill, having some units that can burst is a good thing. Yeah. Because that is that that's the counter to healing, right? If if you have healers, you have to have some way to burst. Yeah. Otherwise, healing is far too overpowered. Yeah. So I think that's okay, but unfortunately he loses like 30%, 40% of his exos. Exos are fundamentally ghosts and, and kind of how important they yeah. are and how important maintaining their numbers are. So he loses it all. And it's like, great. He's dead. Sure. Um, you want to, like the Hellborn were good. And he definitely stole some games. But the reason that a laser hit top four was not the Hellborn. It was because Lucifron ate a couple imps that he really shouldn't have. Yeah, very true. Uh, would you say the imp for the Infernals was kind of the MVP for this whole tournament? Or what, what do you think? I think for this tournament, that's fair. Yeah. Uh, but I think it's, it's always hard to make that that discussion right because parting's builds were imp builds yeah. he was doing these imp, imp rushes in vanguard versus infernals the entire time so because parting is the best player in stormgate right now by a country mile and because he won the tournament it's easy to say well you know yeah, yeah th these, sure. this is what parting did it won everything therefore it's the mvp like well no one else is really doing it what was really doing it going into this we didn't see it outside of parting so was that the mvp because parting figures something out or is it just that parting's parting and he hits with this a minute faster than anyone else does like it's the old soul train type of idea um i don't have an answer actually one might even argue that the lancer was the mvp of this yeah. series giving kiwi and uh specifically kiwi in this opportunity to go and go hammer and tongs against this parting player that is 96 percent 348 Insane. 14 yeah. on on his venny account and his number one ladder account and kiwi and took two games he could have taken a third if he had handled it handled the drop in game two just a little bit better so, yeah, I, I don't know that there's one MVP unit or one MVP idea. I think it's just Parting is freaking broken, and whatever he does is, of course, going to look fantastic. Yeah, Parting is insane. I'm going to go is. with the Doombringer. I think that unit's crazy. Fair. <laughs> that unit kinda nuts. That's true. <laughs> um, Honestly, I don't think it should have white health. Uh, I think that is it's tanky. It is. Because yeah. it, it, it's not even that it's tanky. It's that you can't do effective damage to it if it's controlled properly. Yeah. Right? Every, you just... You soak the white health, you go back up, you go again. So there's no attrition. The attrition's only on one side. Whereas if it had all that white health and was just regular health, okay, well, you're doing damage to it, and it's damage is getting done to it, and then eventually you have to go back and put it in a healing zone or give it some fruit or something, like bring it back up and force it off the map. And as it stands right now, there's no way to do that. Yeah, the fact yeah. that... And I don't know if we saw this too much, um, but the fact that you can just land the shroud... Or the... Um, the doom drop I, I it's what i keep wanting to call it because it's like oh it's a doom drop yeah the, you know it's a doom doom i think it's diver is the name of it uh doom bringer doom bringer thank you uh anyways that you can land it and it can just regenerate its own white health on its own that, that yeah. that's that's pretty crazy it's like it's like mule dropping one of your medevacs in starcraft 2 and and, and healing it back up which which you would really almost never do but not needing to spend anything for it you're just landing the thing and it's and it's healing not only itself but all the white health for the units that are in it um yeah i i, I agree doombringer does seem pretty strong 
Yeah, and I'm so used to playing Protoss over the years where they've nerfed my Warp Prism health to be a paper airplane. Where, like, <laughs> if they see it, like, it's going to get blown out of the sky. So um, I wouldn't mind them nerfing the health a little bit. I think RTS players are good enough to where they can still do effective damage with it with less health. I think it's too dinky right now. Um, well, and the question, though, right, is, like, is it or is it the A-click bug that's making it feel so tanky? That is annoying. because. What is the a click bug? That is I a think significant problem. Like it's gonna get fixed, but what what is that bug? Because I think I don't know what that one is. Yes, the Doombringer is not automatically a clicked by units. You have to target fire it. So like it could run over a cannon or a. If you land your Doombringer with eight Gaunts next to another Doombringer, the eight Gaunts aren't going to attack the other Doombringer unless you target oh, okay. fire. I see. Or Shroudstones don't target it if you call one down. Yeah. Uh, if you a click a spot, like you're trying to chase it down. You you can't just a click a spot. You have to, -click you have to click on the doomringer specifically. Yeah, target, target um, fire it. Okay, I see. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I think at that's high level we can obviously manage not intended, that. But yeah. But even then, it's like I'm going and I I have units in, de in a place to defend, and I'm doing so like I want to be able to click this area because that's where the doomringer is going, and I'm going to go do something else. I'm going to go set up my own harass or whatever, and I can't really do that. Um. So it just kind of it, it's it's more. It's one of the issues that harass always has is that it can feel like the the execution cost or the ease of execution is on the harasser, not the harassee. Um, which like that was the, that's kind of the problem with the war prism. It's like, look at me, I'm gonna warp in twenty zealots in your base, and this is one unit that I can lose, right? Um, or medevac drops or things like that. They're faster. So this just this increases that that level that uh the execution cost expense on the defender. And gives more power to the defendee or it gives more power to the aggressor because it's just that one more step to have to knock it down to kill it off yeah and and in thinking about that in in obviously we're all from starcraft 2 we we probably have played a lot of other rts as well but a lot of our our scope is through there if you have defenses in place against a drop or against a warp prism drop or anything like that it feels like not that big of a deal where this it's so easy to kind of navigate into just you know a slightly different area i don't know if the bases currently on the maps are maybe just a little too accessible and there's not a a clear area to defend because it seems like you can really weave the doombringer around a lot of those static defenses uh and then as soon as it drops like you guys said unless you're paying attention and you target fire it then it's it's not going to die anyways so Talking about drops, are you excited to drop Hellborn behind the uh, behind the natural and unpathable <laughs> space? Yeah, that's uh, <laughs> that's interesting. Um, I think I saw Dark do that one of his games. Yeah, it was totally illegal, <laughs> yeah, but he didn't know about it, and they were it, 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 Dark and Skillless were both knocked out. They couldn't qualify at that point, so it was just whatever. But uh, he had two Hellborn in the spot between like that that pocket between the main and the third yeah. on on Broken Crown. And just Skillis couldn't mine at all. <laughs> That's so annoying. Yeah, I saw um, it happened in the finals, but it didn't really matter mm -hmm. in the finals. But um, the same spot, um, Gaunt's got dropped there, and it basically makes a base unminable. So yeah, hopefully Although, these get patched out very yeah. quickly so that we don't have to like, like consciously think about avoiding accidentally doing these things um because there's a few bugs in the game that are banned from tournament right now that aren't patched out yet but um if they are to introduce a patch it would break all replays make content really difficult yeah. during the beta so i totally understand why 
they're gonna wait um and i'm totally for it also for now i really look forward to the day when we have something like what happens with uh what happens with starcraft where if like i want to go and look at an old replay i can download oh. it'll download the kind of the old build and make that happen and obviously look this is a beta it oh, is yeah. some people would argue that it probably should be called a late alpha versus yeah the beta just for sure considering features and you know it really depends on what you consider feature critical and kind of polished but you know obviously this is not the thing i saw a lot of people complaining about how look i can't see supply and resources for players in the tournament it's like well yeah mm -hmm. the fact that we have a replay <laughs> that, that we didn't have this two builds ago we we didn't even really have it last build you could only see player one uh which was actually really funny because it didn't matter what player you were in the game you could only see player one's perspective yeah. Uh, which was like, oh, I, I just played this game against Theory and I can only see Theory's perspective. This is weird. Like, I, <laughs> I should be able to see my perspective above all. But anyway, you know, it's there. Yeah, it was so, funny. The fact, like, the pace of improvement is awesome. It is. Um, and it, it'll get it's there. It's impressive. But... And seeing that, that Frost Giant is obviously paying attention and, and seeing them in all of these, like, chat rooms and, and for a lot of these streams that are going on and then just constantly, that's Gerald from Frost Giant Studios just participating in the community and answering people's questions. And it's like, man, he doesn't have to do that, you know? Uh, but they're obviously paying attention. They obviously care a, a great deal about this. And to the point where they did patch a lot of stuff, again, getting that that update just recently, patching out a lot of those bugs with, like, being able to drop shroud stones, being able to overcharge bobs that were next to construction uh, town halls, things like that. Um, you know uh the albino build the albino build yeah the i albino i mean that's build. that's that's like good, good job albino you got that nerfed immediately yeah my man <laughs> that was impressive albino was saying um yesterday he's like i'm not going to come up with builds or strategies anymore i'm never going to stream because everything he does gets removed from the game like immediately <laughs> It took See, one day. This is just a mindset issue. Like <laughs> I approach this like I'm gonna try to figure out how I'm gonna be as greedy as possible and just play a really stable game. And you know, Albino's like, let me break this. Let me, break. <laughs> let me annihilate everything. So I'm not getting patched out of the game. Yeah. And I'm undefeated against theory. Uh <sighs> Albino is. I clearly, you know. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, we we should talk about that. Yeah. So I think Beomorph is two over me. Wow. You can look it up, probably. I have a very high win rate, too. So the fact that he is two in, he's two over to me is kind of insane. It's all about <laughs> when I play you. Like, let's be clear. I play you like I, I run into you before the MOR gets uh, separated. Like, the first couple days of, of the playtest, when it's, you know, more stuff gets figured out. And they're like, ah, okay, we got this. And then eventually, you know. Yeah. Eventually, you get much better than I do, but I, I I get to appreciate that like those two days when it's okay. Yeah, Beowulf is much quicker at figuring out a new game than I am because he figured out like day one of Stormgate beta, he was going Magmadon Gauntlet like the first day, and someone like me is a little slower. It took me like a couple couple days to catch on because I I was massing Weavers in one of the games. I was like, these things are awesome. And then he just like stops me with Magmadon. So I'm like, oh, like maybe they're not that awesome. <laughs> yeah, but that's part of the but fun I, uh, too. I, the fact mm -hmm. that right now nobody has any clue what the what 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 the end meta of things are gonna look like. So just going in and making units and not having any idea if they're gonna be any good or, or bad. And I, I remember a full day of just trying to make Spriggans. I'm like, dude, I just wanna play Spriggans. These things look so cool. And then going, okay, you know what? I don't know if they 
are really where they need to oh. be in order to do stuff <laughs> right now. So bad, They're dude. really rough. They're so bad. Like, Come on, I can make this work. I beat, I beat, I think two people that day, and and for some reason, I think they were doing something similar where they were just making like Vulcans and Atlases. And so it's like, oh, okay, they're really good against units that, that literally can't shoot up. <laughs> okay, this is great. But yeah, against everything else, they're really tough. Yeah, I uh, I mean, don't tell that to Hawk. Yeah. <laughs> there is one guy in the Stormgate Discord who swears that Spriggan builds are good. I'm waiting for there to be playing. some revelation about them. I, I, but I, I am not the smart and I'm not smart enough to figure it out. So I, I want them to be great because they look fucking cool. Uh, and I, I like making units that look cool. <laughs> I mean, no, realistically, I'm okay that flying units are horrible. Yeah. I'm okay with I that. I think yeah. that is, like, it adds some spice to life, absolutely, but flying units inherently break map design That's in true. a way that is just kind of antithetical to RTS play, so I'm okay if they're just going to be support units. I, I think there yeah. might be a world, if you make Spriggans a little tankier, where you add them, you get, like, five of them, and you just click them on higher fire rate units to lower the, like to effectively do what sentinels do which is uh when you get them it lowers the dps of a section of the army and i think there's a world where maybe they do that but they are far too squishy for that right now yeah far too squishy for sure but yeah i think um spriggan maybe they can make it a little better but yeah i don't want to run into like the same problem where you have like carriers and bow cruisers and breed lords just showing up and ending a game it feels kind of like contradictive to RTS in a way, like Beowulf was saying. Um, Although, you know, in fairness, the fact that air units don't clump, like you can't just put them in one ball anymore, is odd. Actually, kind of already goes a long way to preventing that, right? Yeah, yeah. Because I can't go and have my one pixel of mutas that runs around and you know is untouchable and really hard to kill. Yeah, they block. Each I other. actually, there will be stragglers, and I can kind of cut them down and, and make that much more manageable. And I, I can't concentrate my damage in a way that you can in say starcraft 2 or something yeah i watch like a hornet try to go back to base but it, there's hornets blocking it and it gets stuck on the other hornets it's like oh great this is awesome um but then the other side it's kind of a buff in a way because now like i set a bunch of shadow flyers and they don't stack up so they don't <laughs> die <laughs> which is kind of another funny way to look at it they're way less dps density but um way less prone to like aoe damage it's kind of funny um, did you I felt so bad for probe he was playing a uh, parting in one of the games and his he had these hornets now all injured and they're just sitting there screaming above the base as it goes down and there's nothing they can do because of course when you return to hangar they're uncontrollable right. can you salvage <laughs> he's the just like uh, maybe it would have been the play i don't know you did not salvage the hangar <laughs> that would, i think that would be a cool strat um but yeah i think um air units support probably probably better but trivia question for you guys what do you think wins a full white health spriggan or an exo 1v1 i think it is actually it's actually the spriggan right because I think they, so. they apply the the dps nerf like it's it's when they get masked that it's the problem like 10 spriggans versus 10 exos are very much the exo but i think one versus one is the spriggan i believe you're right i don't know what number it is where exos start winning because of course they're like their damage density is insane. They clump up more than any other unit in the game. Um, but I think like eight versus eight, the Spriggans might win still. I might not really test. More expensive though. Yeah, definitely. Expensive. Yeah, way more, more expensive. expensive. Yeah, no, 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 um, But they could also fly over everything, which is kind of where the price comes. I think when you're doing air units. Yeah. Um, I think 
part of the problem why like 10 versus 10 goes extra so much is that what so spriggans fire three shots mm -hmm. which means armor applies three times but also that dot that means you attack slower and move slower and build slower um that you because ideally like if you have 10 spriggans you're target firing exo by exo by exo you're not applying that that damage dp that dps slow on every exo at the same time because that is a insane amounts of micro and b you're not concentrating your damage whereas the exo can just pop you down one by one by one by one so the micro there is is extremely one-sided in terms of how you want to play it that's kind of not only is like there are other dps issues and dps concentration and whatever you want to talk about the way that the design wants you to play is not really uh conducive to how you actually have to play hmm. cool it's a good point awesome yeah i with all the current units in the game air ground i really like the way it's headed where ground is more focused air is not super strong the hornet had some time in the spotlight but it's been nerfed i think had its day yeah more <laughs> 24 of a... dps yeah, <laughs> yeah um but cool so um some final thoughts on the uh tournament weekend so we covered like kind of parting a bit meta units how they're playing out interactions um other than parting who do you think had the most impressive run in the tournament or unexpected result um and i guess i'll start i think uh I was impressed to see Clem make it to the round of eight off of, I believe, probably the least games of, well, definitely the least games of anyone else in the round of eight. Because um, he's StarCraft champion right now um, from DreamHack. Still practicing StarCraft, best StarCraft player in the world, probably. And he's still able to make it top eight in the Stormgate tournament. Um, what are your guys' thoughts on that? Who do you guys think had the best run? Um, I see Beomolfa. He might have a different opinion than me. Let's hear it. I mean, I'm not saying that Clem's run was something I disagree with, but saying that Clem is the best StarCraft player in the world right now after oh, the, the 20 to 1 shellacking, <laughs> absolute domination that Cyril put on in the Katowice playoffs, including taking down Clem. 20 and 1? Like, yeah, he went 20 and 1 in the entire tournament. Holy he won 20 crap. maps and lost a single one. Oh, jeez. Okay. Okay, never mind. Second best StarCraft player in the world, Clem. <laughs> I am sorry, my dude. You are entitled to your wrong sorry, opinion, sorry. but there is not <laughs> a world where you can say that Clem is a You're better totally StarCraft right. player to be than, fair, than Cyril is right I didn't now. watch the World Championship because I was super dived into the EGC Stormgate and helping parting practice for the EGC Stormgate. So I actually didn't watch it. So I actually didn't even know he won. So, I mean, <laughs> Kata was during the open qualifiers, so fair. Yeah. Um. Cool. So yeah, I feel really stupid for saying that, but you're totally right. <laughs> Twenty and one is definitely a slacking. <laughs> That's I, insane. <laughs> I would agree. I, I mean, I would agree in some way. Those saying um, Probe and Clem reaching the round of eight and, and still participating in in StarCraft Two, Katowice, being able to split their time between those two and and still reach such a high level in this bracket where you're playing against you know a lot of a lot of these players that are that are participating at this this level in the tournament, they've just been focusing on Stormgate and that's it. Uh, and they've just been practicing and, and being able to to spend their time doing that. So it's very impressive to see. And, and and it's in some way not a surprise because it's like, well, yeah, these have been some of the best RTA RTS players in the world for a while now. So why why wouldn't we expect to see them there? But just the timing of Katowice and, and this EGC tournament and seeing them go so far has just been really cool. 
Although, do remember, Probe, while he played in the Katowice qualifier, it wasn't because he was at Katowice. It was because he got somehow left out of the open bracket qualifier because, you know, EGC did a great job, but they had tons of issues with the, That's the new true. bracket That's technology. True. So, Probe had a great run, absolutely, and I think I was kind of hyping up as someone who might be able to take games off parting, but... He's not in that. I played Katowice, uh, therefore I have less tracks. Sure. He's probably been one of the. He's probably yeah. had some of the most games of, of really anyone. He's sitting there. He's producing build order content. He's incredibly active in the Discord. Uh, he has kind of gone whole hog on on this Stormgate thing, much like Parting he's has, extremely good. much like Kiwian kind of has. And I personally think Probe probably has, at least in macro games, the best Vanguard versus Infernals in the world. He was the last person Parting lost to on ladder. Um, the only reason he got through by parting was because um, of the special parting imp bust. It was the debut of the build. It was the first time everyone saw it. It kind of just destroyed. Oh, it's the the meta. The funny thing is, is I had people in chat telling me that there was a, a tasteless caster replay of probe and parting, with where parting did the exact same build and, and probe won the game. Like the 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 video went up like. 48 hours before EGC or something. Did I don't, go double don't know exactly what. in that replay? Double? Yeah. Oh. Mm. Well, worked three times in the tournament, I guess. Um. Although, I mean, realistically, and this is no disrespect to Probe, I, Probe probably should... I'm not going to say he should have won game three, but he didn't do a great job of, on capitalizing on his success mm. after he made the initial hold. He kind of overcommitted to mech units, which I, I just don't think are very good right now yeah. because of how... I mean, look... A weaver lashes your unit. It's thirty percent damage off the top because they're going to attack once, and that's twenty percent from the yeah. lash. Like Vulcans do not last. You do have to go into bio ball behind that. So he kind of sits there and he commits on on Mac effectively on on Vulcan whatever it was. Doesn't take the map. Parting takes the entire map behind it, and he just didn't play aggressive enough off of his advantage. And that really felt more like any. Eventually, like it felt like the 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 pimp bust was getting solved. It was the follow-up to the pimp bust afterwards that probably wasn't where it needed to be. Makes sense. Yeah, third mm. game was the closest game because I think the first two were exactly seven minutes. He died right off the timing. And the last one was 18 minutes <laughs> yeah. or so. Um, but yeah, and the pimp bust, we didn't explain it, but shout out to Aries Armory on Twitch. He dubbed the strategy the parting imp bust, parting imp pimp bust. So uh, that's one of the unofficial or official names for the strategy, whatever you want to call it. Um but yeah, probe scary player. Um, top eight, he could have very, very well made it farther. Um, it was such a rough bracket, dude. Like yeah, brutal, it was man. brutal. Katowice having to qualify through that, and he did it very well, of course. Yeah. But still having to qualify through the Katowice bracket, and then running into parting in the round of eight is just like, this is ridiculous. <laughs> we were scared. Poor probe, of probe, because um, me and Albino and parting kind of did all the game planning for together. Like that's our aftermath game planning circle, and. We kept talking about probe, like, like how to be probe, like he's beating me on the ladder. Um, he took a game off party on the ladder, like, because he he understands Vanguard more than most people. So, um, the fact that he had to play the champion in the round of eight, if he played someone else, maybe he would have made it to the round of four, or even the finals. Um, he's such a good player. But yeah, I I agree with probe being one of the best performances also. Um, and Apop, did you have a, a standout? that you were impressed by uh just player in general yeah besides parting um, 
that's unfortunate because I was going to pick parting. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, it just... I, I was really impressed, I think, by by a lot of a laser's play it, it going into the round of eight as well. Uh, and just, just, I don't know, really really enjoying his style of, uh, of the way that he's piloting in, Infernals and just the way that he's changing and uh, the things that he's doing compared to what other players are doing. So, uh, yeah, but obviously just trying to soak in the tournament at large and just enjoy the whole thing as holistically as possible. Is that really, like... I don't know, just like genuine feeling of like, you know, I'm not, a, I, I have no metas to read into. I really don't. There's no, there's, there's nothing to do here other than just enjoy watching these players play at such a high level. So really cool. And yeah, a laser, fantastic player. Um, top four. He, I think he really defined the one conclave expand meta. I think he's probably the first person to really solidify the most popular IVV opener. Um, and we're still using it one patch later. So um, the way he's kind of shaped Infernals versus Vanguard has been really cool. And now that he's shaping it even more with his Hellborn and Shroudstone strats, is, um, it's really making Infernals look overpowered, to be honest. And yeah, he's on the forefront of that. Um, yeah. Cool. I would agree with that for sure. Did you have anybody so, uh, uh, theory? Just, just kind of... Oh, I, I, at the end there. Yeah, Clem. Yeah, I already kind of oh, covered. He beat, Clem, he beat right. Eric. I didn't expect him to beat Eric. Eric is really high on the ladder and um, really impressive. So the fact that he squeezed out a win in the round of 16 was really impressive to me off of so few games. Um, what was uh, What is Eric's ladder account again? Mama Mia. Ah, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. I was like, I, I remember loading into a game. And I'm like, oh, suddenly it's putting, it, it makes sense to me because... Uh, I played a couple games against Mamma Mia, and it's like the one Vanguard that I'm like, oh man, yeah. this feels hard. Like <laughs> his rough. early game is so clean, just eking value out of everything. And you know, this was when I haven't played as so much recently, so I'm like 200. But this is when I was like top 50. Um, I was like, wow. <laughs> yeah. <he's, laughs> like uh... the late game feels bad, you know. Whatever against Vanguard, we I didn't have a solution. Started to figure it out. But he was like the one Vanguard early game where I'm like, this is. Okay. <laughs> guess I just, guess I just don't get to play. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I don't have them figured out yet. I'm on like a really good win streak right now. Um, but most of my losses recently are, are to Eric. So the fact that Clem was able to beat him two to one really impressed me. Um, Although it wasn't a mirror, so mirrors don't count. <laughs> I thought the mirrors. I I, I kind of like the mirrors. They're entertaining. Um, I like, I genuinely, I think, uh, I, I think the Infernal Mirror is actually really cool. And I know it's super exciting. Who, and like someone on Twitter was like, wow, what are you talking about? Like it's toxic. I'm like, no, 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 no. The, the Infernal Mirror at a high level is, yeah, these kind of weird fiend gaunt openings are kind of obnoxious and annoying. But as the game goes later, the game gets really cool. For sure. When you're, you're, you're balancing animus spending, you're play you're 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 playing with your dragon and you're kind of harassing with it or not harassing with it and you're defending it from shadow flyers and you got scourge micro and things or you know shadow flyer micro um and there's a whole lot of stuff you can do yeah it's imp so. and splitting becomes more and more important as the game goes on because mm -hmm. you don't want more fiends to go to your enemy and you want white health on your fiends and fiends become really good late game for some reason it gets wild um and then you're trying to go and you're you're trying to bait out shadow flyers in and with like sending one forward and 
because they're uncontrollable once they start to, to make that attack and you know where do i spend my luminite because i have far more luminite than i'm ever going to have in Ethereum. and like do i go a laser approach do i just build a bunch of brutes and yeah like it, it becomes a really interesting decision making thing on top of micro and macro and multitasking whatever it's, it's just a really cool matchup and i agree i hope we don't get into this idea that we have in starcraft where mirror matchups are just not as good yeah, yeah. like already this game's in beta and compare this to zvz for not just starcraft beta but years this is way at miles ahead of running one base bait league at each other for the first five years of the game's release <laughs> i mean man I'm, this, this annoys me so much right when everyone just talks about wow vanguard is terran and infernals are yeah. zerg and it's like well yeah like aesthetically sure maybe once red one's blue yeah, it feels like protoss zerg hybrid <laughs> yeah and, and vanguard's kind of terranish but also you know maybe some zerg components yeah pro, like zergy they're their, their own races mass mass units it, it, Mm -hmm. the the big complaint for me actually is, is when i look at this and people are like ah you know clearly frost giant has a bunch of zerg developers so therefore infernals are going to be overpowered i'm like they don't even play like zerg what are you talking about <laughs> yeah they play like protoss more than anything they have yeah. big tanky yeah. units they have chrono boost oh wait 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 <laughs> you're right they, they play like protoss warp gate that's why they're overpowered uh, figured okay it out. Scra scratch here everything and now here and now <laughs> uh, yeah, I think I think just people get way too stuck on the visuals and are yeah, not sure. really paying attention to the, mechanically how each of the uh, how each of Definitely. the races are really playing, and it's like, well, dude, we have actual like not quite warp prisms, but we have drops. Like Zerg would never do that in StarCraft Two, really. Maybe you know here and there as yeah. like a as like a really niche strategy, uh, but I feel like people just see like Shroud and they're like, that's creep. There's Zerg. Okay, exactly, done. Yeah. Let's move on to there. Oh, those are humans. That's Terran. Okay, move on. It's it's like, no, no, man. It, it doesn't even function almost remotely similarly to how yeah. how creep is. <laughs> Dogs and it's like, like Mass Lancer. This is very Zergy feeling to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. I'm excited for the third race. Do you guys have any? Uh... This is this is actually something I was thinking about too. I don't know how much longer we want to go, but the fact that some units, the Spriggan maybe even being one of them might fit a niche for a race that doesn't exist yet. Hmm. Because remember, there's an entire third race that's going to be coming out. Maybe versus this race, Spriggans are going to be incredible. We have no idea. Interesting uh, But very exciting to see. Because a, a, a two-race meta, it, 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 it's very crazy, very chaotic at first, but I think would get figured out pretty quick once you introduce that third race. I'm, I'm, I'm very excited to see how that is really going to change things up. That's a really good point. I never thought about that. Yeah, if you had like a Protoss style race with few in units, low attack speed, heavy yeah. damage, and then you have Spriggans like lowering their attack speed, that would be amazing. Like imagine yeah. Spriggans slowing Immortals or Colossus attack speed, and then you have shitty anti-air like Stalkers. Like I could see the Spriggan being good all of a sudden. It could. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it, it, it might just be that Spriggan's I not mean... fantastic versus these two races. Or maybe it just sucks. I mean, I you know. do talk about... High damage, low attack speed. That means you tag a Spriggan with one shot and it's dead. That's so, true. <laughs> like, at a certain point, when you have a unit that is simultaneously very squishy and does no damage, it's the the extra thing it does on top matters a lot less because it doesn't live. And it doesn't live by either bursting something in or doesn't live by being tanky. So, 
Like, I, I, I see what you're saying, Apoc. Yeah, I mean, I'm just, I'm just trying help. to, you know, I'm just trying to forecast. That is, that is some infernal copium right I there. Am. The highest degree. Listen, listen, I, I'm telling you, man, the day of the Spriggan will come. It'll, 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 it'll be here someday. I don't know when, but I'll just keep huffing my copium until then, I guess. Cool. Pressing F for doubt. <laughs> That's fair. Cool. All right. Well, um, we're coming up on the hour. Um, I really appreciate you guys for coming on. This was a really fun conversation about the tournament, Stormgate, and everything. Um, make sure everyone who's watching to go follow EGC TV, all their stuff. Shout out to them for making a super awesome first major for turn, uh, first major for Stormgate. It was really fun. It really showed the potential of the game. Make sure to follow Frost Giant, Stormgate. Keep an eye out for their late late pledge Kickstarter they've been talking about. Um, the future of RTS is bright and I really can't wait. Um, and as far as the podcast goes, I don't, I'm not usually the host. Carmi's the host. He'll be back next week. So, uh, thanks for bearing with me guys. Um, yeah. Follow AME socials, I think on everything. And yeah. Um, APOP, Bayo, would you like to plug anything or give any shout outs before we, we part ways? APOP? Uh, you know, I'm just excited for the future of Stormgate. I'll be making Stormgate content over on my channel on Twitch and on YouTube as well, and hopefully doing a lot more stuff with Aftermath. Uh, super excited for the future of RTS in general, and specifically Stormgate as well. Beamulf? Hey. hey, this is the chance I get to shield myself. So if you want the best resource to pay attention to, the news that's happening in Stormgate, who's streaming Stormgate, eventually tournament results when we get access to APIs and things, a whole host of other stuff. Check out StormgateNexus.com because that is your one-stop shop for news, analysis, everything. And I happen to think we do a pretty good job of it. So check that out. Also, I do a lot of Stormgate stuff. I do a lot of StarCraft stuff on my channel, twitch.tv slash but also on my YouTube, youtube.com slash at Beowulf. Content's generally up every day. Sometimes I slow down because uh, there's things like tournaments I'm casting that slows that down. But... Check out my Twitch, follow that. Check out my YouTube, subscribe there. Follow my Twitter if you want to. And Stormgate Nexus is your best option for all Stormgate content. And there's the shill. We're done. We're good. I like it. That was a, that awesome. Was a, that was an A plus, dude. That was A plus. That was, that was great. I have practice. That was great. I really like I gotta, Stormgate Nexus. Yeah. yeah, me too. Cool. Yeah, I'm just, I, well, in theory, I just send you articles. I'm like, hey, do you agree with this? And you're like, oh, good. <laughs> yeah, like, great. You misspelled a word. I don't feel like an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've only, yeah, I've only like, oh, you misspelled this, but I've never had any disagreements with his analyses. He's He always figures out the games before I do. Um, so I, <laughs> I'm always impressed. Um, but cool. Thank you so much for tuning in, guys. And uh, we're signing off. Bye-bye. See you next time.